The men are still trying to cool down. They fanning and some of y'all are fanning too. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 through 3. Let's go right to the Amplified let's for sake of time. Hebrews 11 verse 1 through 3. Y'all have that? And uh, let's read all together. Ready, read. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. For by faith, trust, and holy fervor born of faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good... Pastor Kim ministered on that last night. A good report. That's what we want. Amen? Now verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Again, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. So that means the things that we see were made of invisible things. Verse 1, go back to that please. Verse 1, it talks about faith is the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Tonight, I'm going to continue what we began on Wednesday night, and we're going to talk about understanding spiritual realities. This is part two, understanding spiritual realities. Father God, tonight, thank you for the word. Thank you for the hearers that are here. Thank you, Father, for the anointing that's already in this house. Thank you, Father, for your presence in this place. We ask you, Father, that in this time that, God, you speak to us from heaven. We need to hear your voice. We need to hear your instruction. We need to hear your wisdom, your revelation. God, because that's what will transform our lives. God, so we pray that the word will go forth clearly, unhindered, unchecked by the outside force. Let the word produce in us what you send it to produce, that the world may know who's the real God and who are your real people. So let, let it be done unto us and through us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. So again, the year of abundant manifestation. I was about to say, I saw uh, Sister Lamika Baker with a t-shirt on saying abundant manifestation. And I, I was going to say, but you know, Elder Baker couldn't wear his because he was ministering in the praise team and men's, but now I look over and now he's going to change clothes. You threw me off, man. Change clothes. So he and his wife can be matching for the rest of the service. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sometimes you got to wear it. Amen. So we're in this year of abundant manifestation. And God is moving, as we've said, among his people in phenomenal ways. We're getting more testimonies in. I'm going to, we're going to share some more on Sunday. Things that are, that are happening just, I mean, really some great things are happening in people's lives. And uh, Pastor Kim talked about that last night. These testimonies, it's the report. It's part of that report. 
And uh, so we want to make sure we keep moving. Amen? Amen. And so we said this on Wednesday night, how these things are happening. They are undeniable. Undeniable blessings, undeniable moves in our lives. Amen? Amen. And we said this, you remember this, that manifestation that's coming and happening, it will be undeniable, but it will not be unexpected. It will not be unexpected. You got it? Because we are uh, expecting people. We're believers. We're not doubters. We're believers. And whatever God said, we believe it. And since we believe it, that means we now expect it. You remember in Luke chapter 1 when the angel Gabriel visited Mary and he gave her a word. He gave her a word, right? And the word was, you're going to have this son, this child, this son, Jesus. And when she first questioned it, how can this thing be? I don't know a man. And he said, here's what's going to happen. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And now, in other words, he said, there's a spiritual reality that's greater than you laying up with a man. There's a spiritual reality. Because in her reality, how can this be if I've never been with a man? But there's a, he said there's a spiritual reality that can override, overrule the natural reality. And the Bible says, when well, she said, be it unto me according to your word. And when she said, be it unto me according to your word, immediately she was expecting Y'all, right? When she said, be it unto me, she immediately became an expectant mother. Because the moment you believe the word, you now expect. Her, ex- her expectation was so set that she left from there, went to go visit uh, someone else who had a good report. That's what you do when you, when you get a word from God. You go hang out with other people who got some expectation too. You don't hang around with non-expecting people. You don't hang around with unbelievers and doubters. You go find somebody else who's believing the way you're believing. And when you get together, a praise party happens. Isn't that what happened? The moment that, that Mary walked in the room, she, uh, uh, Elizabeth said, hey, the baby leaped in my womb at the sound of your voice. Because we're both expecting something. And so we are believers, so we always expect. Amen? Tell your neighbor, I expect some things to happen in my life. Over in Jeremiah 29, look at Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Give me that in the King James Version, please. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. Glory to God. It says, for thus says the Lord. For he says, after 70 years are completed at Babylon. Give me the King James. I want the King James, please. For thus says the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon. What do you mean accomplished? They're in, they're in uh, Babylonian captivity. He said, when you finish your captivity, serve your sentence. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, your sentence is about up. You're about to be released. I declare you're about to be released from all your bondage, from all your captivity. Your life is about to be like a dream because you're about to be released from all your captivity. Now, I got to finish this here. He said, I will visit you. That's what we, this is the year of visitation. 
He said, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place, back to Jerusalem. Now watch verse 11. We know this one, but I wanted to read it specifically in the King James Version. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. <laughs> oh, God is thinking about you. He's mindful of you. He said thoughts of peace. That word peace is Irena, is, is shalom rather in the, in the Hebrew. It's talking about blessing. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And not of evil to give you an expected end. So God has an expected end. So he tells them the word so then now they can have an expected end. So Pastor Kim told us last night that we have to see ourselves the way God sees us. We have to begin to see what God sees. So God already sees and he declares the end from the beginning. So it doesn't matter where you are in your progress, where you are along the line, God already spoke your end. And God has already spoken that this is your year of abundant manifestation. It doesn't matter if you broke as cool brown. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you don't have. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what you're going through. When God said this is your year of abundant manifestation, He has given you your expected end. So don't be surprised when your financial level changes drastically. Well, Pastor, I got the same job. Had nothing to do with your job. I'm talking about spiritual realities that are greater than your natural realities. Well, Pastor, I lost my job. It ain't got nothing to do with losing no job. It's your spiritual realities. Because the moment God said it, the moment God released it, he established an expected end. And ain't no devil in hell and your mama can't stop God. Oh my goodness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So everybody say, I have an expected end. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, I, wanna, I want you to see something here that because God said it, you know, our old phrase would say, God said it, I believe it. That settles it. But well, that's, that's true. Once God says it and you believe it, that settles it. See, I, I, in, my, in my early faith days, I got a little zealous and I used to say stuff like, well, it doesn't matter if you believe it. If God said it, that settles it. But I, as I discovered over time, that's not true. You have to believe it. See, it's according to your faith. If you can believe all things are possible to you. To, to you. So, you know, I had to go back and apologize to all the old people I used to, you know, pick on for saying that. No, they, they're right. Okay, remember I just quoted to you, we were talking about Luke chapter 1, Mary, be it unto me according to your word. In verse, in verse 45, verse 45 of Luke chapter 1, uh, give me that amplified Bible, please, because her cousin uh, Elizabeth gives her a word. She says, and blessed, happy to be envied. 
uh, is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her by the Lord, from the Lord. So there's, you have, she, she who believed. See, once you believe, there will be a fulfillment. And that's what this faith meeting, these three nights are all about. Because although God has spoken to us this year of abundant manifestation, we have to develop faith for abundant manifestation. And faith goes beyond your current status, where you are, what you have, what you can fathom. What you can conjure up, what you can calculate, what you can figure out, how much time you think you have. There's more than what 40 hours can do. This is not, I only have 40 hours, Pastor. I don't have time for another job. I'm trying to raise a family. I have nothing to do with another job. Talking about what God can do. Talking about what God can do. And see, that's why we got to understand spiritual realities. Now, give me verse, uh, stay in Amplified. Give me verse 37, because verse 37 tells us something here about this word that came from God. It says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. So whenever God gave the word, that word already has power in it. That word has built-in power. All that's required is for you and me to believe that word. Do you believe the word? Everybody say, I'm a believer, not a doubter. Now, so two things happen here. Number one, to, for this word to work, we got to know, first of all, make sure we're believers, but two, know that God is not a liar. Tell your neighbor, God is not a liar. Over in Numbers 23, Numbers 23, they'll put it on the screen for us. Numbers 23 and verse 19, it says, God is not a man. You can write this down. God is not a man. That he should lie. How many of y'all know that men will lie? Y'all ain't saying anything. Now I know it's, this is men, mankind, uh, so you know don't look at all the men funny. But how many of y'all know men will lie? I'll tell your neighbor, men will lie. Come on now, your man will lie to you. Huh? But God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man. Y'all know son of man will lie too. <laughs> just voluntary lies. Just son of man that he that he should lie, that he should repent. Notice what it says: Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? The answer is no. No, he's going to make it good. If he said it, he's going to do it. If he spoke, he's going to make it good. Glory to God. Now, so once we have the word, we have something now to rest our hope on. Pastor Kim did such a masterful job teaching that to us last night. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. There's a scripture when she wanted several scriptures that just, wow. Exploded in my spirit. One of those ones I want to go back to is Psalm 119, verse 49. And we can say the New King James Version. Psalm 119, 49. And it says, remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. So, man, when I saw that, I understood. When you rest on the word, it's cause for hope. The word is never cause for despair. 
The word is never cause for fear. The word is never cause for worry. The word always causes you to hope. The word. All the word. Any bit of the word. I mean, even if you read a word like, like um, you know, about chastisement in the word. Well, I don't want to have no hope about chastisement. Wait a minute. If he chastens you, he loves you. So you ought to be hoping. <laughs> it's going to work out for your good, amen? So the word causes me to hope. Oh, my God. I've told you, man, there are times I have picked my Bible up and just kissed it. Because this word has changed my life. Yes. Pastor Kim was testifying a little bit about, about last night about our lives, boy. If you, some of y'all knew us. Y'all, some of y'all been walking with us a long time. You know. You know. Deacon Gershon remembers back before he was a deacon, back before I was a pastor. And he, he, remember, he remember a time, man, he had, he had to come to my rescue. He was in the military, one of those Marines. And, uh, man, he, remember that time, man, you sent me $1,000. Not because I was a pastor, I was broke. I was, I was running a barbershop and everything, man, I was broke as a joke. And my brother came to my rescue, man. <laughs> that's, my, that's my brother right there, man. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. See, so I know, I know where this word will take you. And if you will rest your hope on the word, the word will change your life. I told y'all last week, my wife and I, we drove up the other day to this store. We were going to buy some uh, towel and all those kind of uh, supplies. We were redoing one of the bathrooms in the house. And so we went to buy some towel and all that kind of good stuff. And we pulled up. We sat in the car for a few minutes just thinking about how that store used to be a Winn-Dixie. And how we remember in those days how we'd go to Winn-Dixie with all the change we could find. Change. I don't mean dollar bills. I'm talking about change. Nickels, dimes, quarters, pennies and a big old whatever we had to put them in and, and dump it in the machine so we could eat. See, y'all, none of y'all, none of y'all, you ain't never been that bad. None of y'all ever been that bad. Y'all always had it going on. Y'all always had caviar and steak with Oscar and all it and all, you know, Oscar-style steak. Y'all always had that kind of good stuff and lobsters. And y'all always been to Ruth Chris and always been at the Ritz. See, so we know by experience what happens if you let this word get on the inside. The word, the word, oh my God, was so real to us that even in spite of what we saw around us, the word became more prevalent. The word became more real to us than what we saw around us. And so we stuck with the word. We've had to walk this faith out, man. Glory to God. Glory to God. And some of you are walking it out. Tell your neighbor, walk it out. 
Tell somebody on the side, walk it out. <laughs> we walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by faith. I walk by faith in unseen spiritual realities, not by what I see in my natural life. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, it's going to turn out better than you think. Everything's turning around and it's going to turn out better than you think. How you know, Pastor? Because the word. Glory to God. Now, let's look at another scripture here because I want you to see something. So, the word causes me to hope. Now, go to, to Psalm 71 and verse 14. Psalm number 71 and verse 14. You can write it down, but let's look at it on the screen, please. Psalm 71 and verse 14 says, but I will hope. Y'all with me? But I will hope what? Now, where is that hope coming from again? The word. So the word, hallelujah. I heard, I heard uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar say this years ago. And he said it, and it stuck with me. He said, if you can find it in the word, then you can put faith in it. This is a simple statement, isn't it? But he said it was so powerful. If you can find it in the word, and so and so when when we no matter what we were dealing with, no matter what our station in life was at the time, if I could see something in the word where God did something with somebody else. Maybe maybe that's not happening. If I can find anybody in the word who got healed, anybody, then I can get healed too. If I can see anybody in the world who God got him out of debt, then he can get me out of debt too. If I saw anybody in the world that God raised up their children, then he can raise up my children too. It causes me to hope. And so now we see in Psalm 71 verse 14, but I will hope continually. So I'm not going to be uh, staggering like Pastor Kim mentioned last night. No, and I'm going to hope continually. And what, watch what happens when you hope continually. And I will praise you yet more and more. Oh, so all of a sudden I see that my hope or can we use the word expectation Causes an increase. I'll come over here. Y'all got it. My expectation causes an increase in my praise. And so it helps you understand, Dwight, why you're sitting here and praise and worship and you look around and some folk don't look like they can put their hands together, they can't raise their hand. It's because they don't have any expectation. They ain't working on anything. They've not spent time in the word. They're letting their reality, their natural reality, dominate their heart, dominate their mind, and not letting the spiritual realities that are in the word of God dominate their mind. So they, they, are, they are, are oppressed by sight instead of walking by faith. So what happens is, praise then is an indication of my expectation and my appreciation. My praise is an indication 
of my expectation. This was said. I, when I, my hope, I hope continually and praise you yet more and more. So my hope induces praise. My hope provokes praise. My hope makes me praise more and more. Can't stop praising, can't stop dancing. I want to stop. Well, maybe you don't have much expectation. But anybody who has real, has real expectation. See, see, expectation, expectation uh, will, will supersede experience. In other words, uh, let's talk about a pregnant woman again. A pregnant woman during her uh, nine months, especially uh, as she gets into that second trimester, that third trimester, uh, it's, it's not a, many times a very uh, enjoyable, physically enjoyable. You may enjoy, you know, the fact that you're pregnant, but physically... You're feeling it. Physically, you're feeling the, the pains and the, you know, some of the things that you deal with because of Eve's sin. But that experience that you are having at that moment does not diminish your expectation. What's more real to that mother to be is that there's a, there's a baby coming in a little while. I know as long as if I go through this, if I just get through this, that on the other side of through, on the other side of this moment, there's a baby going to come out that's going to bring joy to my life and joy to the world. So my expectation takes precedence over my experience. Why? Because the word. Because of the word. So I will praise you uh, yet more and more. Now, now, I've taught you this, okay, from the beginning of this year. That our praise, according to Exodus 15, 2, our praise creates a habitation for God. Is that right? So habitation for visitation. Right? So the more I praise, then the more he visits. Now, wait a minute now. This is all starting from me, from me um, hoping in the word. I'm hoping in his word. So when I put my hope in his word, I praise more. And the more I praise, then the more he visits. And the more he visits, what happens with visitation? Manifestation. So the more he visits, the more I manifest. And then... Manifest, manifestation itself always produces praise. I mean, when, when the desire comes to tree of life, you, you ain't going to be sad when you've been believing God for five years to get married or believing God for 10 years to get a car, believing God for three years to get a house, believing God for one year to get a job, believing God for what? Believe, you, can't, you ain't going to be quiet. Unless you think you did it. But if you know that you know that you know that you know that you that you know that you know that you didn't do it, then when it shows up, you praise God like you're losing your mind. 
Right? So the more I praise, the more he visits, the more he visits, the more I manifest. The more I manifest, the more I praise. And it starts all over again. Because the more I praise, the more he visits. And the more he visits, the more I manifest. And the more I manifest, the more I praise. And the more I praise, and the more he visits. And the more he visits, the more I manifest. And the more I manifest, the more I praise. And the more I praise, the more he visits. And the more he visits, the more I manifest. Can you see it getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and greater and greater and greater till the whole world knows, oh, he is the real God and you are his real people. How many of y'all have some expectation? I dare you to give God just a 10-second shower of praise right now. <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 All right, that's good. Have a seat. Have a seat. <laughs> well, the more you praise, the more he visits. And the more he visits, the more you manifest. And the more you manifest, the more you praise. And the more you praise, the more he visits. It's just going round and round and round and round and round and bigger and bigger and greater and greater and greater till it becomes unstoppable and irreversible. Till you hit a tipping point. Pastor Kim, that's when God starts bragging on his people. You start making your boast in the Lord, he start making his boast on you. Look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look what they got. Look how they manifest. Look at it. Oh, my goodness. My praise. Help y'all sit down. I'm just telling you, see, see, some folk, they won't praise because of where, what their experience is right now. What I'm gonna praise for, I'm going through. You better get in the word. I can praise because he ain't though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I might go through. 
But on the other end of through, something's going to pop off in my life. See, that, 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 I'm telling you, that's why there's been a, a shift even in our corporate praise. And I'm going I'm to warn some of y'all, if you ain't going to get with it, you're going to get trampled. Because some folk about to, about to get straight up undignified. Just <laughs> They're going to knock your wig off. I said they're going to knock your wig off. Their wig ain't going to fall off. Because you praise God, he, he, he won't even let you get embarrassed. He's going he gonna, to... But you sit there looking crazy, he going to... <laughs> All right, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. All right, so... So y'all see that? Y'all see it, how it gets bigger? Just, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Why? This, this is a spiritual reality. It's a spiritual reality. My wife and I were praising God like crazy when we didn't have anything. Living in a house, getting broken to every, it seemed like it was, it was on schedule, just getting broken to on a regular basis. Well, it's just, this is that week to get broken into. Man, y'all never saw us come in. <laughs> no, no, we praise God like crazy. We weren't going to let our experience control us. Our expectation controlled us. And so it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Praise God for bigger. And then bigger shows up. And we praise God for the bigger showing up and for the bigger to come. For the bigger showing up and the bigger to come. It just gets bigger and bigger. Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20, remember we saw that Wednesday night? Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Now ask or think implies expectation. So when I'm expecting something, then he's, he can do something. And the bigger I expect, the bigger he does. Well, how, how, how are you going to do bigger? Well, because when I expect big, I praise big. And when I praise big, he shows up big. <laughs> and he always shows up with more than I asked for. I mean, isn't that, isn't that the principle of God? The, the, uh, El Shaddai, the God more than enough. He always gives you more than you ask for. Remember the Bible says, may he, now may he who gives seed to the sower. Now this is a sower, right? But it says he gives seed to the sower and bread for the food. I mean, I was just intended to be a sower. And here he come with enough seed to sow and then bread. Because that's the nature of God. He always does exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. Y'all follow me on that. All right. All right, let's keep going here. Let's keep going here. Okay, so we said this Wednesday night, and this is critical to us. Manifestation is not magic. It's not random. 
It's not chance and it's not accidental. I told you to write this down Wednesday night. You should have it already. Manifestation is a predictable and reproducible result of faith. Predictable and what is it again? Predictable and reproducible result of faith. In, in Romans uh, 3, uh, verse 27, Paul talked about something called the law of faith. Everybody say the law of faith. So faith is a law. It's not a trial. Faith is not trying something. Faith has already been established. Faith has already proven. Yeah, Pastor Kim, they only do clinical trials on things that they have not been established. But the word says, it's in Psalm 119, verse 8 and 9, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's already been it's settled. There's no, there's no clinical trial on God's word. The word will try you. You don't try the word, the word will try you. It says that about, about uh, uh Joseph in Psalm 107 says, until the time of his work in the past, the word of the Lord tested him. So the word will try you. <laughs> See, are you ready for this? Can you handle this? Is your expector high enough? So manifestation is, or faith is a law. Now I gave you this definition of law. A statement of fact deduced from observation to the effect that a particular natural or scientific phenomenon always occurs if certain conditions are met. That's what a law is. I'm not talking about legal stuff. I'm talking about a law or a principle. So it's, it says a phenomenon always occurs if certain conditions are present. So I can say this. Matter of fact, say this. I walk by faith. I walk by faith. I live by faith. Phenomenal things, Phenomenal things always happen to me. Always happen to me. Yes. That's what we just see. What it says here. Phenomenon always occurs if certain conditions are present. And so you and I are walking by faith, living by faith. So you and I are meant to be, if we're doing this, experiencing phenomenal things all the time. Yes, sir. Financial miracles are happening in my life every day. Phenomenal things. Always. Why? If the conditions are present. Well, what's the conditions? Faith. Faith is a law. Faith is a law. And since it's a law, I told you this the other night, it works for anybody. It's like gravity. Doesn't matter if you're black or white. Doesn't matter if you're, if you're heavy or tiny. Old or young, what city, state, nation you're in, gravity works for everybody the same way. The law of faith will work for everybody the same way. And there's only one gravity and there's only one faith. Y'all got it? All right, now, so faith is predictable. Faith is reproducible. That's why Jesus Christ, we read this in Mark 11, I don't have time to go to it tonight. But in Mark 11, when Jesus cursed, Christ cursed the fig tree, he wasn't surprised when it dried up. The disciples, they were surprised. They were shocked. They were in shock and awe. But not Jesus Christ. He simply said, yep, yep. He says, he have faith in God, and then you can do the same thing. 
Verse 23, he goes on to tell them, he says, I surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt on his heart, but believes that those things he says shall come to pass, then he shall have whatsoever he says. That's the King James. Then he says, verse, verse uh, 24, King James, uh, he says, therefore I said to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He just showed them how to reproduce the same results. He said, I don't have a special faith or different faith. I have the, I have the God kind of faith. He, so he said, and you have it. I'm telling you, have it. Use that faith and you'll produce the same results over and over and over again. Are you still with me here? All right, now. So then we need to, again, make sure we understand spiritual realities. Everybody say spiritual realities. Okay. Now, what we said was many of God's people have a limited to no understanding about spiritual realities. And so as a result, these spiritual laws are working against God's people. Because the laws are working all the time. Remember I told, talked about the law of seed time and harvest. It's a law. What's of a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's a law. Whether you work in the right direction or the wrong direction, it's a law. In the world, they say it like this, what goes around comes around. It's the law of seed time and harvest. They got another saying, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's the law of seed time and harvest. Then we talked about the law of confession. You'll have whatever you say. Death and life in the power of the tongue, your tongue, whatever you say. We talked about the law of, uh, what is it? Fear. 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 Job said in Job 3, 20, 25 and 26, to the thing I feared uh, has come upon me, the thing I dreaded the most, or dreaded, has happened to me. So fear works just like faith, just in the opposite direction. Fear will pull the things you worry about to you. Faith will pull the things the word says to you. You got it? All right, now, and if you don't know those laws or understand those laws, then they work against you instead of for you because you can't turn them off. Tell your neighbor, you can't turn this off. The law of confession, you can't turn it off. Your mouth, whatever your mouth says, that's where your life goes. Good, bad, or indifferent. You got it? So you got to watch what you say. All right, now. But I want us to experience good manifestation. I want us to experience abundant, good manifestation. Because remember we just said, these laws work whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not. So you can experience an abundant evil manifestation. Come on, anybody say, I had enough of that. I've had enough of being sick. Enough of being broke. Enough of being tired. Enough of being busted and disgusted. Enough of being depressed. Enough of being shamed. Enough of being, not enough of all that stuff. So if I had enough, then I got to change some things. I got I to I gotta see those and know those laws, understand these laws, and begin to change to where they work for me instead of against me. You got it? Now, we got to be convinced and understand spiritual realities. Y'all, can I take my time a little bit tonight? 
Okay, 2 Corinthians 4.18. I want you to see this. Make, make a case here for us. We'll shout here in a little minute. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. Everybody have it. Everybody awake. Tap your neighbor make sure they're awake. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. It ain't, it ain't but 839. You too young to be asleep already. Glory to God. Because see, at 839, either, either, either you've already been to the early bird special or happy hour. <laughs> or both. <laughs> so let, let's, let's, let's be young. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.18, we're talking about spiritual realities here. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things at the things, or we look at the things which are not seen. Did you catch that? So we don't look at what is seen, we look at what is not seen. That don't make any sense, does it? Looking at what is not seen. That's not natural sense there, to look at what is not seen. But he says it's what we do. We look at what is the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. That word temporary means changeable or subject to change. So everything you see in the natural is subject to change. That means if things in your life change for the worse, they can also change for the better. That means that no matter where your life is right now, God can turn things around and change them for the better. Where you are right now is temporary. You have not arrived at your destination. Any of y'all, you've ever flown somewhere and had a layover? The layover is, is not your destination. You don't go get your bag and unpack. So stop unpacking that poverty, unpacking that debt, unpacking that lack, unpacking that sickness, unpacking that disease, unpacking that trouble. Don't, don't unpack it there. No, that, that is your destination. That's not where you're going. That's not where you're headed. Where you are now is temporary. What you're dealing with now is temporary. It's changeable and subject to change. That means every, I remember I gave you the testimony a couple weeks, uh, last week, whatever it was, about, uh, had somebody call me about, hey, my, my wife uh, took a mammogram and went to the doctor, you know, took the mammogram, and the doctors called us, hey, we need to come in, emergency, we need you to come in, because we need to run some tests, so we're going to check this thing out, because it doesn't look good. And he called me and said, hey, can, can we pray? Can, can you pray for me? I said, yeah, let's pray now. And I told you I was gassed up on the Holy Ghost already. And when he, so when he called, I went, boy, I went, I went at the devil. I went right at the devil. I didn't pray, pray for her, Lord, heal her. That ain't what I prayed. I cursed that cancer to the root. I took authority over it to the root. Right then and there. I was planning on calling the next day, and I get a call back later on that same day. Hey, I got good news, a good praise report. What's the praise report? We went back, and everything turned around. He said, he said, we, we would have called you earlier, but we've been praising God for the last couple hours. 
because manifestation produces more praise, and the more praise produces more visitation. Y'all ain't missing. What am I saying to you? That the report changed. Because everything seen is subject to change. It's temporary. That's why you don't believe their report. In fact, I gave him Isaiah 53 verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? In other words, when you believe God's report over their report, then he reveals his arm or he changes what they say. It means that's why it doesn't matter what condition you're in. Financially, physically, emotionally, uh, uh, in your family, whatever the case is, God will change it if you'll let him change it. He'll change it if you let him change it. But you can't look at what's seen. Because if you look at what's seen, that thing becomes strong to you. Oh, God. That fear begins to overtake you. Oh, my God. Here's what they said. Panic sets in. Fear sets in. You start speaking those words that, that, that further feed that fear, that, that, that further, further feed that temporary situation. Because you're thinking that, that this thing is permanent. In fact, they, they call things, uh, uh, what's a terminable? Ter ter terminal. I made another word. Terminal. Terminal. Chronic. Acute. Hereditary. Uh, inoperable. But that's temporary. Subject to change. When you get on the word of God, which is eternal, the unseen reality, the spiritual reality, will overtake what's in the temporary. Are you with me on this tonight? All right, now, let's keep going here. Y'all have more time, right? So Hebrews 11, 11, go to Hebrews 11. Because you, hallelujah. How many of y'all, when you came here earlier tonight, it was, it was freezing. You felt like you were freezing. Okay, then you, you felt like it was hot. What happened? It changed. Now, some of y'all feel like, well, I'm freezing again. What happened? It changed. How did it change? Somebody has to go over to a wall boop, 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 and set it to where they want it to be. The thermostat is how you change it to what you want it to be. Now, when you do that, you don't sit there and look at the AC unit. Is it turning? Was it doing? Was it doing? Was it doing? You walk away just like Jesus Christ walked away from that fig tree. Am I right about it? You walk away and you don't think about it. You walk away expecting, just give a little time, baby, a little time. In our house, we normally keep our AC around about 75, 76 every day, all during the day. But at nighttime, when we want to go to sleep, we drop it. I, 
our desired temperature we have is about 73 at nighttime. So we drop it to 73. So I'll walk in there from our room at one end of the house to the thermostat at the other end of the house, and I'll doop, 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 hit it three times. It's going to drop from 76 to 73, and I don't stand there and watch it. I go back to my bed, get under the covers, pull the covers on, because I know what's about to happen. And my wife might say, John, did you, did you adjust the AC? Oh, uh, I say, yeah, I did. So, okay, all right. She, once she knows I already set my faith. Sometimes we both have forgotten to do it, and, so, and we don't feel like getting up, because this is the other end of the house. And so we get on the phone and call the kids. Hey. <laughs> and then we just lay down and cover up because we know once it's been set, I don't know what's happening outside. I don't know what's happening up in the attic. All I know is, in a few moments, a breeze, something kicks in. I can't see it, but I can feel it. Hope that is seen is not hope. I ain't got to see it, but I set my expectation on it coming to the place I wanted to be, and I just now chill. Let it do what it do. And when I, now when I feel something, when I feel something, it didn't automatically hit 72. It, it don't, it's going to gradually. That ought to encourage somebody. It's gradually going to adjust to your expectation. So when it starts adjusting, you can celebrate then. It's working. I, I, I feel it working. I feel it working. I can't see it, but I feel it working. I can't see God, but I feel it working. I feel it moving. I feel it moving. I feel something shaking. I feel something changing. I don't see it, but I feel it. Anybody feel like? Well, Pastor, we faith people. We don't go by how we feel. I know we don't go by how we feel, but do we do feel as we go? Because I'm convinced of a, of a spiritual reality. That's right, sir. All right? Can I throw this in there? And here's the thing, because this, this happens at the church all the time. So let's say we say, D, it's hot in here. And it's 75. We say, hey, make it, make it cold. You know, put it, put it down. Comfort temperature is going to be right about 72. Sometimes 70 here is about is comfortable. Sometimes people they'll they'll drop it to 55. <laughs> they'll put a thing on 55 degrees. They sell it on, on meat locker. <laughs> Why? Why? Because in their mind, it's gonna make it happen faster, but it doesn't. The air condition is still gonna 
come down slowly at the same pace. So to overshoot that make it happen faster. And sometimes we overshoot and get frustrated. And what happens, if you forget about it, then that overshooting becomes uncomfortable. Oh, I forgot, I forgot. Yeah, you overshot. So just set it right really where where your believer really is. Set it where your believer really is, 72. 70 degrees. Set it where it really is, debt free. Don't go out there setting on, set on a mansion and you, you still, you still trying to believe God for the rent on the studio. Don't be to my mansion now. No, 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 no. You're overshooting. And you end up frustrated. I'm believing God for a new, a new, a brand, a brand new Maybach. And, and the tires on the one you have elude you. You can't even figure out how to buy tires on the one you got. Start out believing God for the tires on the one you have, and then you can move to a Maybach eventually. All right, let me get back on point here. I got to finish here. All right, now, so what I tell y'all go last, Hebrews 11, right? Okay, because we're not looking at things that are seen, we're looking at things that are unseen. Okay, now Hebrews 11, we read this, and Pastor Kim went through it last night. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Switch to Amplify for me, please. Amplify it. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Confirmation, title deed. Confirmation, just like when you book a hotel room, you book a flight, you get a confirmation. You order something off Amazon or wherever, you get a confirmation. You may not have the item yet. It's not been delivered. It's not manifested at your house, but you rest because you have the confirmation. The confirmation is just as good as as the thing being there. Right? The title D of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith, excuse me, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Okay, so we understand then there are spiritual realities that are, um, how many of y'all feel the air? You feel it? Okay. Can you see it? But you know it's there. How many of you can see your brain? How many of you can see your face? No, I mean right now you see your face. No, I'm talking about you see your face, not your nose. But you know it's there. So just because you can't see it does not mean it's not there. I know that seems academic, but I'm just saying these are... This illustrations to us, because because there's a there are spiritual realities that we've got to make sure we understand, because here's what I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to this here in a minute. We'll I'll send you home rejoicing, because we have some help with this manifestation. Yes. 
but we got to know it. We got to understand it. Right now in this room, right now in this room, I, I didn't take account of how many people are here. If I were to count, you know, I could go and take me a little minute to count. But my, would my count be accurate? No, why not? Huh? Say it out loud. Because there are angels in this room. Come on now. I remember we used to do this. We got into whole, the whole church growth thing and they, all these things. You just start doing church growth. And we bought, they made, you know, go buy all these little clickers. So we had clickers. We had people standing in the back. When somebody came in church, they click, 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 click. So we knew every Sunday, every Wednesday, we knew every service, how many people in church today. Oh, we come to church and say, today there were 175 people in church. Praise the Lord. Wow. That's great. And then we compare that number to last week. And well, we were growing, increasing, decreasing. Okay. We click, 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 click. To find a little hat, put that junk away. That's like David taking the census. Your strength ain't in your numbers. If God be for you, It wouldn't matter if it's you by yourself. Seeing what people count, they count bodies, but there are bodies that they can't count. Those are the ones that really matter. See, and if you're not convinced of that, if you don't understand that, then you go into a battle thinking it's just you. And also, now there, there are none present in this room, because I already put them all out, but there are demons. There are evil spirits, and there are none in this room right now. You can just rest now. I'll put them all out. <laughs> Some of y'all look at that man, it's crazy. I'll put them all out. All the demons are out. They're outside. Now, they're waiting outside. I, Some of them, they, they might be at your house, in your car. Uh, I can't tell you. <laughs> You take authority over your own house. I can't put them out of your house. You can put them out of your house. But my point is they're real. They're real. And if we don't understand that, then there are things that happen in the natural that we think, think this thing just happened. We think an accident was just an accident. Boy, I, I can tell the way y'all looking, boy. What are you, what are you talking about? We, you, you think a car accident is just an accident. See, and if you think that, then you don't understand spiritual realities. That there are forces in this earth realm that are constantly working, constantly moving. Just like God has his, his angels out here working and moving, the devil has his imps, his angels out there working and moving. And if something evil happens to you, you can't chalk it up to just, well, that was just circumstances. See, if you do that, then you are, are helpless. Uh, you, you don't resist. Oh. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But if you don't know it's the devil, you don't think it's the devil, then you don't resist. And so he keeps on coming at you to steal and to kill and destroy. 
And you hear people thinking, well, maybe it's just, it's just life. It's just life. It's just, ain't no just life. I don't care who you are, a believer or unbeliever, this is the, this is the reality. No evil shall befall you. It says another place in Proverbs that you shall not be visited with evil. Visited with, e- visited with evil? That means that there's an evil visitation. You can be visited with evil. Now listen, listen, let me tell you something, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. See, some of your cousins have a clue about this because they go into the root lady. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Some of your cousins, they go and sit in the little room. We got drug boys. Some of our drug boys, this is what they doing today. Our drug boys are going and sitting with the lady to get a special thing put on them to try to keep this evil away while they doing their dirt. Kanye West, he, he tried, tried to do his own, talking about Jesus walk with me. He, he, what? What not Kanye? Jesus walked with me. He was trying to, trying to get Jesus to walk with him while he did his dirt. He was trying to, he was trying to, trying to uh, pull on some sort of a uh, lucky charm. That's what that song is all about. And we have people in church singing that song. Choirs, we going to sing that praise him. Sing, yeah, they were singing, Jesus walked with me. They, they think, oh, Kanye singing about Jesus. No, he's singing about Jesus trying to get a good luck charm in his dirt. It's the truth anyhow. See, people in the world, many times they understand this more than the people of God. That there's a spirit, there are spiritual realities. That because I can't see them doesn't mean that they're not real. Because they're not revealed to my senses. But they are real facts. They're really there. Oh boy. We're all struggling, but it's all right. But you got to get convinced of unseen realities, of spiritual realities. I, I would walk through this. Oh, man. It's already 9 o'clock. Y'all all right? Look, look at Hebrews 11. Y'all said so. Friday night, you about to get paid, too. About to get paid Friday night. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Y'all see that things not seen. Everybody say things not seen. Things not seen. Verse 3. Things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That's unseen. And that's how verse 3 happened. Look down at verse 7. Verse 7. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. He moved. Why? Because the spiritual reality was more, more dominant in his mind than his natural reality. So he moved. Verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to, to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out what? Not knowing where he was going. Unseen. 
Verse 10, for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder maker is God. He waited for a city. What? What are you talking about? What, what, what are we? All Abraham knows is natural terrestrial place here, but it says he's waiting for a city whose builder maker is God. He's, he's convinced of a spiritual reality so much so that he leaves uh, all concept of this natural reality. Move out on nothing. Y'all got this here? Look at verse 13. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. Are y'all seeing that? Spiritual realities. They're convinced of them. Convinced that there's something that I can't see that's going to be bigger than what I can see. Verse 16, but now they desire a better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. God's going to brag on his children. Glory to God. Look at verse 20. Verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning Isaac is speaking about spiritual realities of things to come. Are y'all seeing this here? Verse 22, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the, of the departure of the children of Israel. Departure? Departure? They weren't even captivity yet. When Joseph is there, they're enjoying Egypt. They're living it up in Egypt. He says he speaks of their departure. In other words, there's, oh, y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying to you. There's a spiritual reality that's bigger to him than what he currently sees. I'm preaching faith to you tonight. Oh, Jesus. Verse 24. Everybody in verse 24? Y'all remember Moses? By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, watch this. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ? Wait a minute, let me start over. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Now he's there living in and enjoying the treasures of Egypt. He's living in Pharaoh's house. With all, he has all of Egypt at his disposal. And the Bible says he esteemed the reproach of Christ. Christ? Jesus Christ? What do you know about Christ? That's something that's been told, revealed to him on the inside about something that would happen thousands of years later. But what he could not see became more real and more important to him than all the treasures he could see. I better keep going. For he looked to the reward. Are y'all seeing that? He looked to the reward. He looked to the reward. He didn't look at these treasures here. 
Now, most people get tripped up. They had all these treasures here, boy. You got you a good job. You got you one of them good old jobs. You look at that job. But the Bible said Moses didn't look at what he had. He looked at the reward. He saw something bigger than what he had. Verse 27. I'm going to keep going now. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, watch this, as seeing him. I wish y'all would catch this, boy. Wake up and catch this. As seeing him who is invisible. It says he's invisible. God is invisible. But Moses, it says seeing him. His faith could see him who was invisible. So your faith will allow you to see things that are invisible. Beings that are invisible. So when your faith locks into that, then it doesn't matter if you're outnumbered in the natural. It doesn't matter if the odds are against you in the natural. It doesn't matter if the deck is stacked against you in the natural. In the spirit, you know I can get a brand new deal because I see the invisible. And in the invisible, more there's no limit. Are y'all seeing this here? We can keep on going. Pastor Kim went in this last night. Look at verse 29. By faith, they, the children of Israel, passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. By faith they passed through. They had to have faith to walk into that thing here. They passed through the Red Sea. Now remember when they passed through the Red Sea, what happened? The, the Egyptians tried to follow them. Because it says here the Egyptians attempting to do so. They, they were attempting to do so. The Egyptians didn't have a word. The Egyptians didn't have any faith. So the Egyptians tried to do by flesh what the Israelites did by faith and it didn't work out the same way. Faith kept that sea open. Faith opened the way for them. But once they got through, those people came through, the, the, the Egyptians, and the sea closed up on them because they didn't have any faith. And you know what happened? The sea closed up. The Egyptians drowned up. And they heard, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> all our debt was canceled. That's what happened. If you, you know the story. They barred everything coming out. The Egyptians said, Pharaoh, go get our stuff. Y'all miss that. The Egyptians said, Pharaoh, because Pharaoh's going to let them go. People said, wait a minute, don't let them go. They got all of our stuff. What do we do? In fact, in fact, they, they, they came out of their fog. Y'all, y'all miss it. The, the Egyptians had a fog on them. Y'all miss it. The Egyptians are slave owners. The slaves come and say, give us your stuff. They said, oh yes, take our stuff. You can have our stuff. They're in a fog. It's the favor of God. They're in a fog. You'll get this by tomorrow. They're in a fog. It's called the favor of God. It's in a fog. And a fog was on them. And they got all their stuff. And when the fog lifted, they said, what, what, what? 
do? What, baby, where were your earrings? Where were your necklace? What, children, where your stuff? Those Israelites have our stuff. Pharaoh, go get our stuff. God knows how to put a fog on all your enemies, a fog on all your creditors, a fog on everybody coming against you. Not to put a fog on them, they got to give you stuff they ain't planning on giving you. All right, sit down. Let me let me let me let me let me finish this. Let me finish this here. Okay. So what I just showed you in Hebrews 11 was that with that. Everyone who achieved anything by faith had to be convinced of spiritual realities. Did I make that point? We walked through, I I read several scriptures here, y'all wake up now. Everything they did, they were convinced of spiritual realities. That's how faith works. Now, why, here's a question, why is it important to know and understand the unseen realm and spiritual realities? Why is it important to know and understand the unseen realm and spiritual realities? Because number one, faith works in the unseen realm. That's where faith works. Y'all got this. Faith works in the unseen realm. Faith doesn't work in the seen realm. That's right, money works in the seen realm. That's what Ecclesiastes says, money answers all things. In In the unseen realm, faith works. When Jesus spoke to that fig tree in Mark 11, remember that? Where did his faith work? At the roots, in the unseen realm. It didn't didn't work in in the seen realm, it worked in the unseen realm. If he had worked in the seen realm, before they walked away the first day, they would have seen the things start withering. But it worked in the unseen realm. When you release your faith properly, it works in the unseen realm. Y'all got this here. So you got to understand and be convinced of the unseen realm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying, to, trying to help you with this because this is what God told me here last week, that my people are not understanding and convinced about the, about the uh, spiritual realities. So faith works in the unseen realm. Faith pulls things out of the unseen realm and into the seen realm. You got it? Faith turns spiritual realities into natural realities. Faith turns spiritual realities into natural realities. Glory to God. Glory to God. Everybody say realities. Realities. Remember we we talked about that in Hebrews 11 now. Convinced of their reality. Things we can't see. We're convinced of their reality. Every one of these seats is filled tonight. Right? How you know they feel? Well, you have angels assigned to you. They're always with you. The angels are always with you. The only time your angels leave you is when they ascend to get a message or get, a, get, a, get something from God and descend. Your angels, the Bible says, are always ascending and descending. It didn't say descending and ascending. It said they're ascending and descending. Ascend means they go up, which means their, their, their station is here. 
Your angels are not stationed in heaven. They're stationed here. They ascend and descend, the Bible says. Now, so we're going to turn with faith, natural, spiritual realities into natural realities. Ephesians 1.3, put it on the screen, please. Ephesians 1.3 says something. It's a, you got a, a big phrase here. It says, bless me the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So your blessings, they are in spiritual form. Y'all, boy, you better grab hold of this. Everything you need, every blessing you're requesting, desiring, praying, seeking to God about, they exist in spiritual form. Glory to God. Um, water. There are various forms of water. Various states of water. Right? There's, there's a vapor or steam. Alright? There's water, which is the liquid form. Then the hardened form, which is ice, right? But ice and steam is still the same stuff. Exactly the same. Right? So the things that you believe God for, the things that, that you, the blessings you desire, you can't hold steam in your hand. You can't hold water in your hand. You ever try to hold water in your hand? Hey, give me some water. Put on water. It's running. But if you convert it to ice, if you now it was already water, he just converted its form or its state from vapor, steam, to a solid that you can now carry. Your blessings, they are spiritual. They already exist, Elder Baker. Did I lose 90% of y'all? They already exist. It's just not in a form you can drive right now. It's not in a form you can carry on your shoulder right now. It's not in a form you can live in, but it exists. Its state is currently spiritual. But it's there. Just as sure as I'm black, it's there. See, and I'm convinced of that. I believe that. I know it to be true. It's there. That's why my praise is already on 10. Because I'm not waiting for it to manifest to praise. It's already spiritual. I already have it. I'm going to praise until it converts from a spiritual to a natural and I can drive it and I can put it on and I can give it away tell your neighbor your blessing that thing you're believing for that you've been praying for that what you've sown for it already exists 
is spiritual. But it won't be long now. It's about to change its state. Whatever state you're in now, be content. But it's going to change because your state's going to change. Your status is going to change because, because your blessing is going to go from a, from a, from a uh, in heavenly places status to an in earthly places status. Everything in heaven is a spiritual thing. In the heavenly sphere, in the heavenly realm. But John 1.14 says, and the word was made flesh. Oh, Jesus, y'all missed that. In the beginning was the word. He was always there. He was always there. But he was only in spirit form. But in 1.14, the word became flesh. Your blessing. It was there before you arrived on this planet. But it won't be long now that your word is going to become flesh. Your spiritual blessing. Uh, give me uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 in the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 Amplified. Oh. Is that right? Uh, uh, no, not verse 8. Verse 8. Verse 8 amplified. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you. It is already spiritual. But he's going to now make the earthly blessing come to you. It's the same blessing. It's just moved from heavenly to earthly. Just like Jesus went from heavenly Okay, I don't believe that can happen. Okay, explain me this then with your smart self. How does the Bible then say, be careful when you entertain strangers? Because you may be entertaining angels unaware. That means you'll be entertaining, talking to somebody who looks just like me or you or one of us. But the Bible says that might be an angel unaware. How did that angel change from spiritual? Because that's what God does. He changes things that are spiritual into earthly where they're manifested or natural. <laughs> Y'all better sit down. Sit down, sit down. Let me finish. Let me finish this. I can't go all night. Can't go all night. Somebody gonna fall off their chair asleep. I can't go all night. I gotta, I gotta finish this tonight. So they start out spiritual, but they get converted to earthly and they come to you in abundance. Come to me in abundance. 
abundant manifestation. Abundant manifestation. Manifest means for some oh God. For something to manifest, it already existed. Manifest just means it appeared now in a visible, tangible form. It already existed. Give me uh, Romans 4.17 in the New King James Version, please. Romans 4.17. Romans 4.17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believe in whom he believed. God, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And now he's talking about things that do not exist in the earth realm. He calls them as though they, uh, those things that do not exist in the earth realm as though they did. That's why he had told Abraham, uh, he, said, he said, I have made you a father of many nations. That's how God talked. I have made you. I have made you. Abraham couldn't see nothing. Pastor Kim preached last night. Abraham's sitting there like, oh, all I got is this one servant, Eleazar. Then come along this Ishmael. That don't make, you know, I got a barren wife. That don't make for no nation. Father, what are they talking about? But God said, I've already made you a father of many nations. Why? Because he calls things which do not exist. King James says, calls things, those things that be not as though they were. Be not as though they were. Put it in King James. Watch the phraseology. Things which be not as though they were. Not are. He said, I call things that be not, that's current, as though they were. Because in his mind, they already were. They are, they, you got it, Shante. They already were. Your stuff were here before you got here. Materialization. Y'all, when I said that, when I said that, Angela, made me think about Star Trek. Remember back in Star Trek, they used to get on the, 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 the transporter, what is that thing called? They used to go, they, uh, Scotty Beamers, they all go stand on a little platform in the little spots. You know, people stand here and they say, all right, Scotty, beam us up. And they dematerialize. They, all of a sudden they disappear. Where they go? All of a sudden they show up somewhere else. Then, then, then they, they can be on a, on a planet, on a planet somewhere. Everybody got three heads and four eyeballs, and then a fight in trouble. They about to get killed, and they say, "Scotty, beam us up, beam us up, Scotty!" All of a sudden, they dematerialize from darkness and rematerialize in the sanctuary of their ship. Science fiction is trying to imitate God. And they can't do it. They can't do it. Tell your neighbor, God's got a blessing. God has blessings with your name on them. All you waiting on, all you praising for is for them to manifest and tell them this is the year of abundant manifestation in your life.
sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Oh, man. So number one, I said, you got to understand spiritualities because faith works in the unseen realm. Romans 4, 17. Give me verse 18, verse 18, before I move on. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So according to that which was spoken, that word gave him that hope. Got it? All right, now, number two. This is big, ladies and gentlemen. Number two. And I only had two. Second Corinthians 2, verse 11. Here's why you and I must understand spiritual realities. Lest Satan should take advantage of us. If you don't understand spiritual realities, Satan will take advantage of you. And the majority of God's people are suffering insufficiency in various areas of their lives because they're being taken advantage of. Not by the man. It ain't the man. It's the devil. He might be working through the man, through the government, through your employer, through, your, through a spouse who's, who's ignorant or whatever, but, but, but whatever's happening, it's the devil behind it. But see, if we don't know that, then we, 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 we start wrestling against flesh and blood. We, we start, we want to fight and protest against people. But people aren't the issue. There's a devil loose and he's the one behind all these issues. And so if we don't know that, then he takes advantage of us. Oh, the sheriff, how does he take advantage of us? We're ignorant of his devices. We're ignorant of his devices. We're ignorant of, of how he works. We're ignorant of what he does, of what he's using. We think stuff is just happening. Stuff ain't, 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 stuff just, stuff ain't just happening. We think, pe- people talk, talking about what, because there's a full moon outside. It ain't got to do with no full moon. It ain't it got, got, got nothing to do with your sign. My Pisces and this kind of stuff happened to Pisces. And what you talking about with your saved, saint about Holy Ghost filled self? Pisces. Pisces, my, my, my left foot. Ain't no sign. Your sign is the cross, the empty cross, and the empty grave. Girl, what's your sign? This is my sign. You better get the step and ask me what's my sign. That's my sign. Bye-bye. It's my sign. I don't need no stars and moon and earth to align for things to happen to me. No, the reason you're experiencing evil is because the devil's taking advantage of you because you're ignorant of his devices. You don't know how he works. You don't know how he's moving. And so you, you talk things up just to fate and chance and how that's just how life goes. And, you know... It's a dog-eat-dog world and, you know, just things like that. Well, it's, it's flu season, so, you know, you're going to catch the flu. What? 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 Why am I going to catch the flu? Because it's flu season. Because it's just part of nature. 
I'm not part of nature. I'm supernatural. Supernatural. Say I'm supernatural. And I'm not ignorant of that fool's devices. Glory to God. Now listen to this. Lest Satan should take advantage of us. I want you to see this word advantage in the Greek. Oh. Advantage means is from the Greek word pleonectio, which means to have more. Y'all, y'all, y'all better, y'all better catch this. To have more. To have more. He knows it all belongs to you. But he's trying to have more than you. That's why the devil keeps propping up his people. Keeps promoting his people because he wants the world to have more than the body of Christ. Because he knows this stuff actually belongs to the body of Christ. Everything on this planet. But I was the other day riding down the street meditating on that. I said, Lord, thank you, Father. I'm an heir of yours. I'm, I, I was riding the street. I was riding through downtown where, where it was. Uh, Tuesday, I think it was. Going to school. And I was, I was thinking, I said, man. No, it's Tuesday. I said, all this belongs to me. I better go over here and find something. I said, all of this belongs to me. But if I am ignorant of the devil's devices, then he will have more than me. He said less Satan. That means Satan not supposed to have more than you. Your unsaved friend is supposed to have more than you. Your unsaved family is supposed to have more than you. If they do, then the devil's taking advantage of you. He's trying to stop something that belongs to you from getting to you. I'm, I'm reading this. This is right in the book. I ain't making none of this up. It says, it says to have more or a greater part or share. The devil's trying to have a greater part or share than you. To be superior. To excel. To surpass. To have an advantage over. To gain or take advantage of another. To overreach. To overreach? Overreach? Okay, over, overreach is this. If, if, I, if, if I have a, a neighbor, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a property line. It may be marked by a fence or it may be marked by nothing. But you better, you better have an idea in your mind where that property line is. Because you can't overreach. And, okay. For example, next to my house, there's a lady who has a beautiful, a beautiful large monstrosity of a mango tree. And this tree grows mangoes the size of uh, a baby's head. I kid you not. Am I right, Oscar? These, these mangoes in this tree grow so big, two of y'all can eat them. Unless it's me, I'm not sharing. 
is, is big neighbors and mom. Because she's going to eat two by herself. Now, her, her, her tree, because of where it sits by the property line, its limbs reach over to my house. Now, although that's where the limbs reach, the base of the tree, the trunk, is on her, her side. So as alluring as it, and enticing as it may be for me to go out there and pull some of those mangoes off, off her tree because they're leaning over in my yard, I don't touch them. Why? Why? They're not mine. But the limbs are over in your yard. It doesn't matter. It's her tree. So although her tree overreaches, I don't have the authority to overreach. The tree is in her yard. It's her tree. Those are all her mangoes. God wants your tree to overreach into the world. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, Proverbs 11, verse 30. But the devil has no authority to be picking off your tree. Because although I might extend, oh man, what, what, what are you saying? I'm saying, I'm saying the, church, the world wants to keep the church within the church. But we're meant to overreach into the world. We're meant to have an influence in government, in business, in, in education, in every mountain of influence. But if we don't understand, we remain ignorant of the devil's devices, then he takes advantage of us. And what happens, he starts overreaching into the church. <laughs> I want to give an example of this real quick. Example of what happens when, no, these are examples of spiritual realities. Tell your neighbor, nothing just happens. Can I get a few more minutes, please? Luke eleven thirteen. turn there real quick. I'm sorry, Luke 13, 11, amplified. Luke 13, 11, amplified. And there was a woman there who for 18 years had an infirmity. Pause. She was sick. How long? At church, that's all they knew. She's sick. Then when it says woman there, they're in the synagogue. And as far as they know, these unspiritual people, is that she's just sick. That's old Bessie. You know, she's she been on that cane, been built, bowled over on that walker now for 18 years. She can't get by. Just, you know, give her a seat up front somewhere. So she, you know, just, they, just, they just, you know, play Kate and her and stuff like that. They think it's just a sickness. Watch Jesus. It said she had an infirmity caused by a spirit. What does it say? So there are demons. Is this your Bible? There are demons of sickness. No, so if you go thinking, well, I, I just got this because it runs in my family. 
I got this because I'm black and you know black people are more susceptible to this particular disease or this particular condition. Ladies and gentlemen, there are demons of sickness. But if you don't understand that, then what you'll do is you'll take on that sickness and make, okay, this is part of life, and then let me go get some medication, which is further going to exacerbate the issue. And it's destroying this woman's life. Jesus, of course, called her to himself. Y'all know the story. He said, woman, you are loose. Woman, you are loose. That's verse, give me verse 12 or 13, wherever it was. Jesus talked to her. Verse 12 or 13. Click to the next verse, 12 or 13. Uh, no, no. Right. That's the computer. I know it's, it's not, this, this computer is it's not a computer. It's the software. It's crazy. Luke, Luke 13. Yeah. And he said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. He didn't tell her to be healed. He said, you are loose from your infirmity. He's talking about you are loose from that oppressing spirit. Give me Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. I'm, I'm going to give you a couple more and then I'll send you home. I probably overfed you for the one night. Acts 10.38. How God honored Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were what? So doing good, if you know that word from the Greek, it's, it's uh, uh, philanthros. He went doing philanthropic work. That means people were oppressed in their finances and sick or oppressed in their physical bodies. So he had to do good and heal because their, their financial problems and their sicknesses were due to the devil. Y'all are missing that. Y'all are missing what I'm saying to you now. There, there, there's a demon behind financial oppression and physical oppression. Jesus dealt with it. I'm just proving to you that there's a spiritual reality. Now, all right, now let me finish here. So demons, demon spirits, that's what we just dealt with, right, are counterparts to God's ministering spirits. Anybody grab that? Yeah. Demons, the devil's spirits, are counterparts to God's ministering spirits. In other words, if there are evil spirits that are behind evil, then God has his forces that are behind the good that he wants to bring in your life. If you're not convinced of spiritual realities, you think with some good happened to you, well, it, just, it must have been my day, just my lucky day. All the signs must have aligned for me. <laughs> Hebrews 1, 13 and 14. I got, I got to, let me go into overdrive now. Hebrews 1, 13 and 14. But to which of the angels has he ever said, <clears throat> sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Verse 14. Verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits? So the angels are all sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So these angels, these fellas are here to minister for us. They're real. They're in this room. They're sitting around waiting on something. Well, let's go to Psalm 103, see what they're waiting on. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. 
You got angels on standby, ministering spirits. They're real. They're more real than your sickness. They're more real than your poverty. They're more real than your debt. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice or the sound of his word. So these ministering spirits are sitting around waiting on the people of God to release faith-filled words. They are, they are God's ministers. They are God's servants, but their assignment is to you. And tell your neighbor they're real. They're real. There's a host of them right here in this room. They're not in heaven waiting until you get out of church. They're, they're right here. They're right here. They're right here with you. They're right here with you for when you're sitting here when you walk out the door. They better be. Right. He, because he's giving his angels charge over you. To keep you in all your ways. They're supposed to bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot into the storm. They, those angels are supposed to prevent you from even stumbling down the steps. Y'all miss what I'm saying to you. See, we don't, we don't, we think, we think, well, just something happened. Oh, I, I don't know what happened. Man, angels are here to make sure you don't bust your head on, on the rock. They're assigned to you. Car accident happened. How did that car accident happen? Oh, I must have gave my angels a day off. No, how did I give my angels a day off? You must have been working the law of fear. You must have been working the law of confession against yourself. The law of seed time and harvest working it against yourself. I'm going to clap for myself. So these angels, they are ministering spirits, all right? Now look, so give me verse 21 right here too. Bless the Lord all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. That's what they do. Now, watch this. So the angels, they, they ministering spirits work by the law of faith, not the law of fear. Satan's angels work by the law of fear. That's why Job, the thing he feared came upon him. Those demons made sure the thing he feared came upon him. But when you work the law of faith, those angels make sure the things that you have put your faith out there for will happen in your life. They're here assigned to do that. Glory to God. All right, now, let's, let's conclude. Everybody say the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. Have y'all heard me use that? Now, I've been teaching you about how the Lord of hosts is, uh, means the Lord of, of uh, uh, financial transactions. That's, that's, what it, 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 that's what he does. But literally, what the Lord of hosts translates to is the Lord or the God of angel armies. He's the Lord or the God of angel armies. When you see the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. Oh, Jesus. So... When he's a Lord of hosts, the heavenly hosts, the heavenly hosts, the angels, he's in charge of all those angels. Well, where do you get financial transactions from? Well, who do you think is going to make the transactions, brother? That's why I'm trying to get you to understand this ain't about your job. 
This ain't about how many, you can't work that many hours in a day. You can't work that many hours in a week. You can't work that many hours in a year for what God's about to do in your life. But angels move at the speed of light. Angels can, angels can circle this planet before you even finish your next sentence. It's true anyhow. So heavenly hosts, heavenly hosts. Let me give you two scriptures here. Second Chronicles 14. And I'm done. Mm-mm-mm. Has this helped you? Yes, sir. I was talking to Chris. I just want to make sure I've helped one person. You too? See, because if you get this, then the rest of this year, it's going to be wild. Because you're going to go past thinking about what you can do to understanding what God is doing in your life. What he'll do while you're sleeping. While y'all ain't doing all that praising tonight, there was stuff happening that you couldn't see, that you didn't know but it's a spiritual reality. Now, 2 Chronicles 14, verse 8. I'm going to go through verse 15. Watch this. And Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah who carried shields and spears, and from Benjamin, 280,000 men. So that's 580,000 men on King Asa's side who carried shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor. That's great. However, Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men. So 580 against a million, you are, you, you, and 300 chariots, and he came to, to Moresha. Verse 10, and so Asa went out against him, and they set the troops in battle array in the valley of, of Zavata at Moresha. Keep going. And Asa cried out to the Lord, his God. Okay, now he's looking at, in the natural, a million-man army. Million, a a million people you're looking at coming against him. A sea of humanity. On the inside, fear is supposed to take over. But rather than go by what he could see in the seen reality, he went by what was in the spiritual reality and he knew that it didn't matter what was against him, there was a God. Uh, an invisible God. That if he cried out to him, he could help him. So he said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help. A million man army saying, Lord, this ain't even a big deal for you. This ain't even a big deal for you. He said, whether with many or with those who have no power. He said, help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on you. And in your name we go against this multitude. O oh Lord, you are our God. 
do not let man prevail against you, God, you, you. He just put God on the spot. They're coming against me, but God, I'm your child. And if they're going to mess with me, they got to talk to you. What you got to do is when the devil coming against you, don't sit there, Lord, I'm going to fight it up by myself. No, God, don't let this enemy prevail against you. Don't let this sickness prevail against you. Don't let this lack prevail against you. Don't let, don't let this problem prevail against you. Some bill shows up you can't handle, just say, God, you got a bill. Don't let this rent prevail against you. Verse 12, verse 12. So the Lord struck the, struck the Ethiopian. So the Lord struck. The Lord struck. All right, now the Lord struck. Now, the Lord, when it says the Lord struck, understand he's the, he's the, he's the captain of the host. So he himself does not have to move off his throne. He says, angels, y'all go handle that. And so the angels are the ones doing this job here before Asa and Judah and the, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerar. So the Ethiopians were overthrown and they could not recover for they were broken before the Lord and his army. There it is. Before the Lord and his army. So the Lord released his army because, because Asa believed in a spiritual reality. God's got an army that's going to fight for you. Are you hearing this? God's got an army bigger than they can, they can put together on this planet in this world. Oh, God's got an army big enough to fight everything you're dealing with. And, 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 because he trusted in a spiritual reality, not only did they whip the enemy, matter of fact, God whipped the enemy for them, but and that they had a year of abundant manifestation and they carried away very much spoil. Now, they didn't fight. God and his army fought. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. But the spoils belong to you. This year, God's going to fight some battles on your behalf. Matter of fact, didn't I, the Lord spoke a prophetic word a few weeks ago that this year he's going to get revenge. He's going he's gonna, to uh, show vengeance upon all your enemies. The Lord's going to fight for you. You have no need to fight in this battle. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. So he says, and they carried away, away very much spoil. Keep going, please. And then they defeated all the cities around Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them. The Lord, the Lord wreaked havoc on all the enemies. And look what it says. And they plundered all the cities, for there was exceeding, now we went from very to exceedingly much spoil. I mean, they already have very much. Now they got exceedingly much spoil. God said, yeah, but I ain't done. Verse 15. They also attacked the livestock enclosures and carried off sheep and camels in abundance. 
So God didn't let them go back home until they had abundance. Now, how many, I wonder how many men they lost in this battle. No, they ain't fight. Why? Because there was a spiritual reality. The Lord and his army fought. Can I show you one last place? Second Chronicles 20, y'all know this one. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. They arose early in the morning and went in, out into the wilderness of Tekoa. This is Jehoshaphat. As they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. And believe his prophets when they say this is a year of abundant manifestation, and you shall prosper. Amen. I believe in God. Well, believe in his prophets. When they say by this time tomorrow, everything's going to be cheap. Everything's going to turn it around. You're going to have more than enough. Believe in his prophets. And you shall prosper. Yes. Verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Wow, they got a word now. In the word we have our hope. Now we're going to praise God. And who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. For his compassionate kindness endures forever. Praise the Lord. For his mercies are new every morning. Praise the Lord. Because he's going to demonstrate his goodness in the lives of his people. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Verse 22. It gets gooder. Now when they began to sing and praise. All of a sudden there's a visitation. Oh, God. When they begin to sing and praise, a visitation happens. The Lord set ambushes, King James says, ambushments against the people of Ammon. Now, what's an, what's an ambush? An ambush is a secret attack. It's a hidden attack. Now, the Bible already said that Jehoshaphat and his army are in array against the other army. That means that we can clearly see each other. Jehoshaphat and his army can see the other army and, and they're all, all of them. They can see in the natural. But God set ambushments, which means there's a secret army that the enemy can't see. I wonder who the secret army is. I wonder, I wonder who those guys are. It's the Lord and his army. The God of angel armies. And he said he set ambushes against people of, of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Watch this. Who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Not by Joshua and his people. They're, they're just out there singing. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They're just praising God, praising God. And while they're praising, it's like, what is going on? Because they can't see it either. Jehoshaphat and those people, they can't see the ambushes either. They're just praising God. Now when they begin to sing and praise the Lord, standing bushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Verse 23, for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the, the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Well, why are they hitting each other? Why are they fighting each other? Because here's a guy standing there with his sword, and all of a sudden he gets hit in the face. He's like, you hit me? Y'all missed that. Which one of y'all hit me? See, 
they're being hit and don't know where the hits are coming from. So they assume that the people who are right by them are... But it's not their seen friends, it's their unseen angels. And they destroyed each other. Now watch verse 24. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. 25. When Jehoshaphat's people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. I heard Leroy Thomas say, you might be scared of dead people, but you see them dead bodies, all them jewels on there. You close your eyes and you You ain't gonna need them wallet. You, you, you're not gonna be needing them J's, are you? It says, and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more then they could carry away and they were three days three days can you see that how that's going to happen this ain't, this ain't three days worth of work this ain't three days worth of overtime this is three days worth of spoil it's so much it take you three days just to count it you're going to be at home trying to how do I count all that you got to stop. You got to go get you a machine. Go get you one of the machines. I got to count this stuff. I, I'm tired of signing checks. I got to sign checks, checks. Because there was so much. You think God knew there was so much? You think God set them up? You think God allowed the enemy to come there? Already, look, bring all your stuff. Who goes to war with all their stuff? Same thing happened in Second Kings seven when those those Syrians came against Samaria. They came with all their stuff, and when God whooped them, the lepers and all the people from Samaria when I got all their stuff, God, I had the world bring all their stuff to you and fall at your feet. Because God will not allow the devil anymore to take advantage of his people. Because we're no longer ignorant of his devices. Yeah. Are y'all ready for this? Are you ready to experience what we preach in your life? This is your year of abundant manifestation Take it away, spoil so much it's gonna it's, it's gonna be three. You you used to counting counting your check in one swipe. Just that's my check, and it's spent before you even deposit it. You're not gonna have that problem no more. Tell you tell you you're not gonna have that problem no more. Abundant manifestation. Because you understand, just like there are spirits, 
that have been sent to work against you, there are more powerful spirits that are sent to minister for you. And when you work the right, work the laws properly, you employ the ministering spirits and release them to work on your behalf and they go and do the work for you. You just keep praying, keep praising, keep believing, keep confessing, you keep uh, sowing your seed, you keep uh, doing your faith actions. Remember those six things I gave you about critical master? You keep doing all those things and those angels out there working for you. Come on, Elder Cheryl. Give me a microphone real quick. Sunday, um, we were worshiping and praising them. Um, it's on. Turn her up, turn her up, y'all. The Lord, the Lord told me um, I had been concerned about something, uh, and it was debt. And I said, if my pastors are out of debt, then I need to be out of debt. If, Come I'm, on. if I'm a part of this and I'm on this team and we're family, then and if they're doing it, then I'm, I'm out of debt. Yes. And so the Lord gave me an instruction. So I went up to the altar. And after uh, service, Pastor, Pastor and I talked about it, and I told him that he gave me an instruction, so I did it. <sighs> I have uh, uh, some friends who watch online, and uh, they saw about the Bible study and everything that's going on here. And God had given me an instruction about more responsibilities and more things that I'm doing. And I'm thinking, well, if you know, you're giving me this responsibility, how am I? I need to go back to work, and I need to do this, and I need to do that. He said, wait on me. He told me that three times before Sunday. Pastor gets up and he sings this song, Lord, I, I don't mind waiting. And he said, now, if you're serious about this, you get to that altar and make that commitment publicly that you'll wait on me. That was Sunday. This morning, I got a phone call. My car is paid off. <laughs> I'm not talking about five or ten thousand. Not talking about five or ten thousand dollars. What are we talking about? 2015 Nissan Murano. Hey, how much did you owe on it still? Twenty. You owe twenty thousand dollars, and now it is paid off. Y'all better give God a shout of praise in this house. Won't he do it? 
nobody. And, 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 Wait, listen. Nobody knows sometimes the challenge of faithfulness, but when you get in this place and he told you, follow this man, he's a priest, follow your prophet, follow your man of God, follow your woman of God. Just do, just wait on me, just do what I tell you to do. And then it frees you up to do what God wants you to do. That's right, it frees you up. Getting that debt out frees you up. Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 20, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. So when your prophets stand here and tell you what thus says the Lord, don't blow that off. Don't, well, I see it when I see it. Don't do that. That testimony, I, I, I didn't even know about that. Praise God for that. I hadn't even heard that one. I just knew about her saying, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. Hold on. Right, right. You're going to wait for Sunday, but no, we need that testimony tonight. And God is no respecter of persons. He'll do it for anybody. I remember years ago, my wife and I, one, one vehicle we had, we we're sitting there, and, uh, and uh, the Lord sent somebody in my office to pay the truck off. Pay it off. And this guy, well, we weren't like, I'm going to expect that. Lord put a mandate on him. You go pay that man's truck off. So I know he'll do it. You just, you just obey God. Whatever he says to you, you do it. I, and I believe, now see I heard, uh, I don't see Anissa here. Oh yeah, there she is. I'm going to say this for Sunday too, but she testified today, sent a praise report in yesterday, I guess it was, about she was at work and they had a meeting, yes it was, and they announced a student loan repayment program where they'll pay half your payment for you. You keep paying it, we'll pay half. Now y'all, y'all act like y'all don't know nothing about that student loan debt. Out of nowhere? Now, do you think that that was just thought up in their mind? Or did God release a, a, a word over this house that everybody in the company is going to benefit because you in this house and you got that word. Now, everybody in your company, they're going to benefit off your blessing. 
Tell your neighbor, you in the right house. At the right time. With the right word. With the right God. See, she didn't, have, she didn't have any idea about this. I guarantee you, she didn't know what was happening when she was up here Sunday just committing to God. Just being obedient. This, this, is what I was, this is what I've been trying to preach for the last two hours. This is how it works. There's a, there's a spiritual reality that's more real. Come on, sir. You watch that. Your car gonna start driving better. It's gonna drive better. It's already driving better. Look at that thing. That debt, man, is like a chain on that car. No debt, that car gonna drive better. You're gonna get better gas mileage and everything. Praise God. I'm praising God for you. I'm praising God for you. 20,000 plus 20,000. 20,000. 20,000. Now, didn't I hear? I heard through the grapevine. Did you just get a letter? Yes. Now, how much is your student loan? A little over $148,000. And when did this letter come? Beginning of this week, this letter came, and they they want to settle for how much? Eleven, a little over eleven thousand. <laughs> and you did call them today, okay? Let me give them an offer of what I'm doing. A hundred? I'm not sure if they heard. I want to make sure they heard. A hundred and forty-eight thousand. They wouldn't have settled for eleven thousand or less. Now, if that was you. And you old Salome like that, you'll be you'll kick one of these chairs over, boy. That was you. I see debts being canceled. I see debts being released. I see debts being destroyed. I see that devil getting off your back. I see that bondage being broken off your life. I see it happening. Chains are being broken. Bands are being loose. Yokes are being destroyed. Off of God's people. Off God's people. You're in the right house, at the right time, with the right man, and the right word, from the right God. 
I don't care about this scene stuff out here. You are in a 90 day. This is day 12. days out of the year of abundant manifestation. And this is the year of abundant manifestation out of the end time harvest. Now why would God do this kind of stuff for his people? She said it. Because now you'll be freed up to do the things God wants you to do. All that kind of debt gone. We can, we can, let's go and build us an orphanage. We can build one over here. We can go, we can, we can go and do some stuff, man. Amen. Father, thank you for the word. We have received it. Even the testimonies, the things that are happening. We know that they're happening because of the self-fulfilling power of your word. That no word from you is without power or impossible of fulfillment. We believe, and blessed are we who believe, for there shall be a fulfillment of those things that have been spoken to us. We know that, Father, it's not up to us to make it happen. It's us to, up to us to believe. Our work is to believe. We pray and we seek your face and we sing and we shout and we dance and we give and Lord we pray and God we trust you Lord, hallelujah. We do our works of faith. We do these things God knowing that God you and your angel armies are at work on our behalf. We trust you to bring to pass every word for you're not a man that you should lie nor the son of man that you should repent. If you said it, you'll do it. If you spoke it, you will make it good. <laughs> Thank you for the check you've written us, God. You're making it good. You're making it good. Because you'll never be in debt to us. You'll never be in debt to us. Every word you speak, you're going to make it good. Everything you say, you're going to make it good. Every promise you spoke, you're bringing it to pass. So we believe we receive it. With thanksgiving now, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. Give God one more big shout of praise tonight. All right, sit down real quick. We're going to seal this word. Come on, son. My son asked him, can he receive this offering? Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Are y'all really receiving what y'all are hearing tonight? What y'all have heard the last three nights? 